Jesus' name, amen. 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 If you have a Bible, meet me in Psalm chapter 1. Summer is upon us. If you haven't noticed, it is back to being blazing hot. It's become somewhat of a tradition here, uh, not an official one, but that we spend our summers in the book of Psalms just thinking about worship, thinking about what God's doing, thinking about who He is and the blessings that He's given us. As we kick this off, though, I want to And really, as I studied Psalm chapter 1, I was kind of taken back by where Psalm 1 actually lands. I think oftentimes we think about Psalm 1 as this call to the life that we're supposed to live. But I want to take a step back from that and ask a question about how we get to that life. Really, I want to talk to you about leadership. Everyone is a leader. Maybe the most accessible definition of leadership is the one that John Maxwell gave. It's very famous that leadership is influence. Nothing more, nothing less. I like that. I like that because in reality, every single one of us, you and me, if you're watching online, every human being is a leader. Because every single one of us has influence. God's going to control how much of that you get and what the results of your influence are. But in reality, we go there because all of us have influence. We're all leaders in some capacity. We all have influence. We all have some measure of influence that we're stewarding. So we talk about things like creativity or innovation or other leadership buzzwords, and you could probably come up with better ones than I do. But we, we study these things and strategize for these things, and we go after those things and concepts and principles, and generally speaking, those all get our attention, and they should. We employ those here. like we, We're for that. And yet, I want to think one step before that when it comes to leadership. I want to back up and ask the question of what God wants in a leader. What does God want from you as a follower of Jesus? Because in Scripture, what leaders really need, what every follower of Jesus needs in reality, because in God's kingdom... Every leader is a follower first. It's the counterintuitive nature of the gospel. And as we look at the very first psalm, that is the first thing that hit me. Is that really Psalm 1 is about leadership. If you think about what it means to be a disciple of Jesus Christ, it's really about leadership, isn't it? In Matthew 28, what we consider our great commandment tells us this, go... And what? Make disciples. What is that? It's leading people, other people, to the feet of Jesus and the ways of Jesus. And so really this is about being a leader. Not a worldly leader, but a godly leader. Look at Psalm chapter 1. It will be on the screen if you don't have it in front of you. But the Bible says this, and this is a key word if you are into circling in your Bible, I would circle the very first word in the book of Psalms where it says blessed, right? Blessed 
is the one. And, and there, therein lies the leadership lesson, right? Blessed is the one. And we're going to be given what leadership looks like, what leaders don't do and what leaders do. And I want to walk you through that. But let's just read it in its entirety as we think with that lens. Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight, I love that word, human flourishing, delight, shalom, peace, is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night, that person, that person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. Not so the wicked. They are like chaff that the wind blows away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. For the Lord watches over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked leads to destruction. There are very two different paths that sit in front of you as a human being. And once you choose a path, that path leads to very specific destinations. And so as you think about what it looks like in the kingdom of God to be a leader, you have to first ask the question, what is the kind of person that God will choose to bless? Though we're all leaders, we can lead people to the wrong things. Are you aware of that? Dare I say all of us have had those moments where we're influencing in the wrong direction. And it happens. It's part of being a human. But here's the deal. In the kingdom of God, the way up is down. Jesus told his disciples who were bantering about who would be, in fact, the one to sit right by God in the kingdom. Can you imagine having that conversation in front of Jesus? It's going to be me. going to go god the father god the son john (laughs) like "Eh, i don't think that's the way that works and jesus looked at him and said said what he said if you want to be great you got to serve right because the way up is down it's it's upside down in the kingdom of god if anybody had the right to play the i'm perfect card and you should serve me it would have been jesus wouldn't it But what does the Bible say that we love because he what? First loved us. So he gave his life so that we could find life. And then, of course, Jesus was crystal clear about what he thought about the world's way of wisdom. Right? Of leadership. Of amassing what the world would call success. Here's what he said in Mark chapter 8, verse 36. What good is it for someone to gain the whole world? That's good leadership, isn't it? It's not that that's bad leadership. It's actually good leadership. But if in the process you forfeit your soul, what good is it? What good is it to gain the whole world 
and lose your soul. Proverbs says something similar in Proverbs 14, 12. says, there is a way that seems right to a person. But in the end, it is the way to death. And so right out of the gate, the, the Bible that God is clear that the way that seems right in this life, in the here and the now, in the culture that we live, can seem right and be deadly. So it's critical then to our understanding that we move forward knowing that blessing as leaders comes through the Lord. That it comes through this idea of apprenticeship. It comes with relationship, your proximity to the king. And so kingdom blessing comes through that kingdom relationship. Learning how to live and lead from Jesus. Discipleship is really about leadership. So we need to learn more about the blessing. The blessing that comes from God. So let me give you three things to write down here if you're taking notes. Three things, three principles in Psalm chapter 1. The first one comes right out of the text in verses 1 and 2. Is Number one is this, that blessing comes to the intentional. Write that down. Blessing comes to the intentional. Look at verse 1 and 2 again. It says, blessed is the one. There's something specific that we're going to not do. And there's something specific that we're going to do. Blessed is the one who, again, if you're going to circle something, does not. Look at it. Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked. When you hold up what is right and good and true in Scripture, and you compare that with what's happening in the world as a follower of Jesus, as an apprentice of Jesus, doing life with Jesus and his body, the church, we will not walk in step with the wicked. All right? Walking. Where am I going? What am I doing? What are my goals? What are my aims? What, are, what am I actively walking towards with my life? I will not walk in step with the wicked. Then the second one. Blessed is the one who does not stand in the way that sinners take. Are you seeing the pictures that's happening here? I'm not going to walk with the wicked. I'm not going to take stands on things that are not right. And then what's the last one there? And I'm not going to sit in the company of mockers. So look at that. We don't stand we don't sit, we don't walk anywhere unintentionally. If I want to sit right here on the edge of the stage, I'm going to intentionally step down and sit on the edge of the stage. If, if, if that happens unintentionally, what do we call that? Tripping and falling, right? And we laugh at people like that. <laughs> she amen that, I like that. You and I would get along. Do you ever laugh at somebody? You're like, I just, I wish I wasn't laughing right now, but it's so funny. <laughs> We've all had that moment where somebody's like, like broken arm. You're like, maybe it's just me. You're like, no, you're a terrible person. All right, moving on. I like it. But think about that. Think about that. Blessing isn't an accident. Blessing is an accident. There are specific things here that it says we do not do. 
There, there's a way in which you should not lead your life. This isn't talking about salvation. This isn't salvific, if you will. Because what, what, what this isn't saying is this is how you get to heaven. That's not how you get to heaven. The Bible's very clear that we are totally at the mercy of God. That when he went to the cross, it was because you and I could not do anything for ourselves. Right? It's, we'll talk about this in a second, but John fifteen five says, If you abide in him and he in you, that you will find life, because apart from him you can do how much? Nothing. Nothing. So... So we're not confused about this getting us into heaven. No, no. This is when God has adopted you, as Romans talks about, into his family, that there's a way to be in God's family. There's a way to be blessed by God, and there's a way for God to reserve his blessing from you. That, that there is a path that seems right but leads to death, which implies that there's a path that would lead to what? Life. Right? Jesus compared these two. He said, there's a narrow road that leads to life, and there's a broad road that leads to destruction. And guess which one has a lot of people on it? The easier broad way, right? So that's why this is a leadership thing, because you're going to make an intentional decision to live in the blessing of God. Jesus said it best, not surprisingly. He said, if you will forfeit your life, you'll find it. If you'll lay down your life, you'll find it. And so that's where we find ourselves with this intentional decision that as I've been adopted into the family of God, which had nothing to do with me, for by grace you are saved through faith. It's a gift of God. It's not of yourselves so that you won't brag about it. It's my translation. Right? So, so we're not confused about that. We're aware that it's impossible for me to do anything apart from Christ. But when I'm in Christ, I have this gift called the blessing of God to live a different kind of life. Blessing comes to the intentional. The secular world is catching up to this too. There, there, are, there are books upon books upon books about how if you will make intentional strategic decisions with little things in your life, whether it be your health or your uh, mental health or anything... If you'll do little bits over time, you'll make great gains over time. And so compound interest. And so we're saying that in the kingdom of God, if you're going to walk in step with the wicked, stand where sinners stand on issues that they stand or sit in the company of mockers, that, that we will not find ourselves in the blessing of God. And we shouldn't be surprised by that. How many of us, I know I'm guilty of it, have asked God for a blessing and not been willing to take the steps that he's laid out in front of us that we ought to take? Right? Like the easiest one for me to pick on, and I'm going to pick on it, and we all struggle with it probably, is prayer. Right? We don't make time to pray, but I love that old adage, right? But you don't have time not to pray. Right? Like we know that cognitively but are but are we walking in the way that that is well how do i get there how do i get there number two if you're taking notes blessing comes through what god is after why is that such an important thing for you to write down because so often we're after what 
I'm after, <laughs> right? Like I get up in the morning and I start going after what I'm after. But what the Lord is saying here is I'm going to bless somebody who goes after what I'm after. What is he after? Look at verse two. So not only are we going to not do some things, the Bible is very clear that there are some things that we are going to do. Verse two, blesses the one, right? Whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night. I love that. Delight day and night and prospers, right? You get down to verse three, it says whatever that person does, they prosper. So those three things, what, what, is, what is that? Delight day and night and prosper. What is that? It's our love our time, and our plans. Three idols in our culture, right? What do I love? How do I, how do I figure out what I love? What do you delight in? What brings you joy? I'm about to take my kids to Disney this week. Come on, somebody. We're Disney, Disney people. I got an amen in the church for that. But listen to me. If Disney is the place that I lead the Kuhn family to find their delight, I'm influencing them in the wrong way. But if I point out that God's been good to us and he's given us relationships and he's given creativity and that these are gifts from the Lord that we get to enjoy, but let's not confuse them with what is blessing the Kuhn family... Now we're leading in a different way. But how do you figure out what your love is? What do you delight in? What at the end of the day could you, could you not live without? That's convicting. Isn't it? Like at the end of the day, like what, what do I love? What do I love? Blessing comes by loving what God loves. Our delight is in the law of the Lord. And then it says day and night that we would meditate on that thing that we delight day and night. Our time. Our time. How do we spend our time? And then our plans. I love verse 3. It says, if we would delight in the Lord and meditate on his words look at verse three that person is like a tree planted by streams of water it's a great picture isn't it if you live in florida right now we don't we don't got no water my grass looks like a desert right because there's no water but we have these crepe myrtles and when they get water they just explode with color Right? Like, like we, we see what this means. It's why this picture's here that we all have this vision of what a tree yielding its fruit in season looks like. We know what that looks like. And, and the Lord is saying to you, if you'll delight in me, if you'll abide in me, John 15, 5, and I in you, you'll yield fruit in season. And, and you can have that. 
And here, this next statement is so important because what you might be feeling is like you're withering. Like you might be feeling like you're not planted by water. We live in a country that has the most resources and the least happiness. Don't we? And so we, we medicate a lot, whether it be prescription medication or alcohol or drugs or any other thing that we replace God with. And not only are we not yielding fruit, but we're withering. But look at the promise here that the person that delights in the Lord and is spending their time with the Lord, that person's like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. There's an acknowledgement here in scripture that blessing does not always look like ease. Don't confuse what I'm saying to you with your life getting easier. In fact, it might get harder. So track with what God's actually saying that your happiness is actually not connected to your circumstances. And as I look around the room, there are many of you who I know have been through very significant things and yet you still sit here. Lost loved ones. Lost health. We could go on and on and on. Maybe you sit here today, you find yourself homeless. These are... These are huge things, and I want you to know that God knows you, loves you, and wants you to prosper. So, leaf does not prosper. And then I love this, whatever they do. Do you ever wonder what God's will is for your life? I love this confession that the songwriter writes that he says, whatever you do. Listen, if you will not Walk in step with the wicked, stand in the way that sinners take, or sit in the company of mockers, but delight in the law of the Lord and meditate on his day, his word day and night. It don't matter what you do, you'll be right in the center of God's will. So commit to that today. You can be happy about that, that's fine. And then there's there's this warning, right? There's this warning in verse 4 and 5, I want you to see it that that's the offer on the table and it's incredible, right? You would get over to Psalm four and it, Psalm 5 and it says this, but I by your great love can come into your house. What an awesome thing. That's the offer that's on the table that we just talked about. I by your great love can come into your house. What an awesome thing. And yet, there is a warning because you and I, we're, what's the old song say? Prone to wander. Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the God I love. Look at verse 4. Not so the wicked. They are like chaff that the wind blows away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand. Look at this. In the judgment. Because you know what? You're going to look around and you're going to see the wicked standing right now. You're going to see the wicked, what, it, what seems to be flourishing right now. And I just want you to know that in the kingdom of God, blessing looks different. That in the day of judgment, they won't stand, nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. And then this last thing, number three, if you're taking notes, blessing comes in the form of what God is willing to give. It doesn't, it doesn't mean you're going to be richer. It doesn't mean you're going to have whatever it is that you really wish you would have right now. We could have fun talking about what all those things are, and I've done that in the past few weeks. Still praying about it. But look at this. 
blessing comes through what God is willing to give. What are the three things that he said he's willing to give? First of all, look at verse 6. It says, For the Lord watches over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked leads to destruction. So as he's watching over your way, by the way, in a minute we're going to talk about how you get righteous, because it's not by doing all these things. Keep that in mind. Side note, you need to know that. Okay, we're going to come back to that. But the Lord watches over the way of the righteous. So as you're, you're adopted into his family and you begin to live the way that he's laid out for you to live, what are the, what are the blessings that he offers you here? Look back at verse 3. Fruit, energy, not withering. What's the opposite of withering? That I have energy, that I'm, that I'm flourishing. Fruit, energy, flourishing. And what's the thing? Prosper, success. The Lord's willing to offer you. He's willing to give you, if you will follow after him, if you'll abide in him, fruit, energy, and success. Now listen, you will have to meditate on his law day and night to figure out what it looks like for you to have fruit in your life. For you to have success. Right? And it looks different for everybody but make no mistake that blessing comes through what god is willing to give because he's watching over the way of the righteous so just to recap blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers but the person who delights in the law of the Lord and meditates on his law day and night, that person is like a tree planted by streams of water which yields fruit in its season, whose leaf does not wither, and whatever they do prospers. What an amazing promise. But let me ask you a question. How do you become righteous? How do you get blessed because this text is the result of something that happens in you right this is the result of something that happens i want to encourage you because if you're anything like me you read that and you go Ugh. i'm not i'm not knocking that one out of the park <laughs> and i want to encourage you i reference 1 Corinthians chapter 1 all the time, literally every week if I can. And if you've been around here for any time, you already know where I'm going. But rarely do I take the time to go to it and unpack it with you, and I want to do that. If you have a Bible, go to 1 Corinthians chapter 1. We're going to start in verse 26 and read to the end of the chapter. Because there's a temptation for you and I to look at Psalm 1 and go, All right, I'm going to do those four things. I'm going to get this together. And then Tuesday's going to happen, and your kid's going to barf on you, or you're going to lose your job, or you're going to get a call about a loved one, and something's going to happen, and you're going to be tempted to think that you've lost the offer that God has made to you. And I just want you to know that leadership in the kingdom is different. Blessing in the kingdom is different. Look at what it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. 
let's, let's see, let's see, I want to back up even more. There's a confession in verse 20, right? This one won't be on the screen. When we get to 26, it will be. So if you don't have a Bible, stick with us. But back in verse 18, Paul is saying to the church in Corinth, and he's saying to you and I this, he says, for the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. In other words, for those who are on the wicked way, those on that broad way, what you and I are doing right now is foolish. It's foolish for you to, to wait, sit here and waste your time listening to me. That might be true anyway. <laughs> but listen to this. Listen to this. But to those of us who are being saved, it's the power of God. Where's your hope to live that blessed life? It's not in what you can muster up, but in the power of God. To those of us who are being saved, it's the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise. The intelligent, intelligence of the intelligence I will frustrate. Where is the wise person? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? For the foolishness of God is wiser than human wisdom. And the weakness of God is stronger than human strength. And then verse 26. This is where we connect with what God's saying in Psalm 1. Brothers and sisters, think of what you were when you were called. Think of what you were when you were called. Some of us were kids. How much of us were pushing back the gates of hell as five-year-olds? We weren't. Some of you were saved and you were, you were running that wicked way rampant. <laughs> so I love this. Think of what you were when you were called. Not many of you were wise by human standards. Not many were influential. Not many were of noble birth. Verse 27, I love this verse. But God chose. He chose you. He chose you what is foolish in the world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. God chose the lowly things of the world and the despised things and the things that are not to nullify the things that are. Why? He picked you and he picked me so that no one may boast before him. I love this. This is really important. How do I live in the blessing of God? How do I delight in him and how do I abide in him? How do I do all that? Look at here. It is because of him that you are in Christ Jesus. You are only in because he wanted you to be in. I love it. Listen, look at this. Who has become for us the wisdom of God. Who has become for you wisdom from God. You can only step into the way that you're supposed to step into because Jesus is your wisdom. Why do we say all the time here, every week, you probably get tired of us saying it. Jerome said it when he prayed, that the vision is Jesus. It's all about Jesus. Until you love God, you can't do any of the other stuff. Why? Because he literally is wisdom from God in your life.
John 15, 5. I think we have it for the screen. So key. Jesus says what? I'm the vine. Don't get that confused. Without a vine, you're not going to do anything. You are the branches. Don't get that out of order. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. For apart from me, you can do how much, church? Nothing. Not a single thing. So he goes on. He's the wisdom for us from God. That is our righteousness, holiness, and redemption. So as I've told you before, sanctification is not you getting better and better at what you do. Because that would be about you. No, no, no. Sanctification is this. How do I become righteous? How do I become holy? How am I redeemed? Jesus. Jesus. It is because of him that you are in Christ Jesus, who has become for us wisdom from God. That is our righteousness, holiness, and redemption. Therefore, as it is written, let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. Amen? Come on, church. You can do a better amen than that. Amen. Yes, thank you. And I want to do that. I want to do that. I want to have the guys come back up. And the only appropriate response is to sing. Is to sing, right? That we, because of him, are in the house of the Lord. Do you know that the gathered people of God is the house of the Lord? That man has not made it with human hands. That was, that was nice. Right on cue. That in Christ, think about it, you can walk in that blessing. Do you know that? Today. Today, you can, you can shift course that's what repentance is, right? It's that we recognize what we're doing. We say, that's not the way that God's called me to. And we turn and go a different way. That's the way it is. You, you, can, you can commit to that every Sunday. Every Sunday. I'm, I'm going to stop doing it my way. I'm going to start doing it God's way. Amen? Why don't you stand with me? We're going to sing here in just a second. I want to pray for you. Because here's what I know, that when the Bible speaks so clearly to us, that many of us right here, right now, we need to make some fresh commitments to the Lord. We need to renew. What did David pray after making egregious sins? Create in me a clean heart. Renew a right spirit in me. Right? Lead me in the way everlasting. So let me pray that for you. And then would you just sing your heart out before God as a, as a prayer, a confession that you need him today? Let's pray. God, thanks.